1: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, I am the host, and if you're new and you don't know what Couch Talks is, let me tell you. It is the special bonus episode of You Need Therapy where I answer questions that you guys send to me and you can send those to me via email at katherine at com. And before we get into the episode, quick reminder that I like to give all the time that although this podcast is about therapy and I'm answering some questions for you, it does not serve as a replacement or substitute for actual mental health services. Although, we always hope that this podcast is helpful in some way. Okay, so I hope everybody's having the day they need to have. I personally am having a really good day. I just finished a full day of clients and had some really cool sessions today. And it was one of those days where it just felt good to be a therapist, which is nice to acknowledge because those days are not every day, you know, and that actually has something to do with the question we're going to answer today. And also speaking of last week's question same thing sometimes there's some tough things some uncomfortable things and some you know just not so great things being a therapist and so i think it's really important like any other job or any other thing to celebrate the wins and when things feel really good and today felt really good when it comes to the question For those that are new, of course, reminder, I answer one question a week and I keep them anonymous. So I won't say your name so you can feel like you can send your question in and people are not gonna know that it's you unless you write very obvious identifying information in the email, which in that case, I would just ask you, maybe you don't do that. So the question we have today is a follow-up to last week's question from Couch Talks. And if you didn't listen to last week's Couch Talks, it was about client termination and how to find closure when a client terminates therapy and what I mean by that is when client ends therapy and therapists can end therapy but a lot of times clients are the ones that do that and this specific listener wanted to know how to kind of cope with that and find closure. I recorded last week's episode before I got the context. I got more context so I want to talk about it again because there's some more stuff that I think we can talk about that might be helpful for Anybody who is processing the ending of a relationship. Specifically, we're talking about the client therapist relationship from the therapist perspective. But I think when it comes to closure, you can apply this stuff to any relationship. And if you're somebody who goes to therapy, it's really cool to hear. This kind of stuff because you know what's your responsibility, what's not your responsibility and kind of um, some healthy expectations. So here is the email that I got clarifying what this client was asking. They said, I am referring to when clients terminate with the therapist without a final session to process feedback and experiences. I can provide more context. I had a client who I was working with for approximately 30 sessions and then asked to take a pause. When asking her for feedback, she responded along the lines of, I don't have any specific feedback. I've gotten what I need out of therapy for the time being and resolved the initial issues that got me into therapy. There are feelings of not getting closure on my part. I would be interested in hearing your thoughts on the following. One, how do you find a sense of closure when there's no final conversation to process the ending of a therapist-client relationship? Two, what is the best way to respond to an email like this when a client wishes to discontinue therapy for the time being? Three, is there a way for early therapists to communicate that therapy is not only used to process negative thoughts and events, but also for maintenance and to process positive thoughts and events? Okay, so the first thing, if you didn't listen to the first Couch Talks from last week, go listen to that because it's going to give a lot more context just about termination in general. And remember, Couch Talks episodes are pretty short, so you can listen to them back to back and get the good information in a timely manner, or I try to do that. So for this email, I'm going to break it down with the three specific questions. And what I'll start with before I get into that is something that I hope anybody who listens to this podcast kind of walks into whatever I say with this idea but I'm not the end-all be-all for any questions specifically this one I'm going to share my experience and my approach but there is not just one approach to anything when it comes to therapy there's not a right approach although there are some wrong approaches and I think there can be multiple healthy ways to help process and and move through this stuff so here are my ideas knowing that there are other ideas out there that might also suit you. The first specific question was, how do you find a sense of closure when there are no final conversations to process the ending of a therapist-client relationship? So your closure, the client's closure. Obviously, this person, this listener is talking about their closure, and that's really important to identify before I go into this. I, for one, operate from the standpoint that closure is what we make it. Just like in romantic relationships, when we want closure, I think a lot of times we are actually looking for a different outcome. So it's like when we go through breakups and we're like, I just want one more conversation to, to gain some closure. I just have some questions that I need answered. And, you know, I think we can get closure with the information that we already have. And oftentimes when we're in that space, we are wanting to ask some of those questions because we want a different answer. We want a different outcome. We want things to be different. And, Instead of, I want to be able to actually just accept that this thing is over. So we ask questions to gain answers when really we have the answers and we just need to find acceptance. So rather than closure, if it helps you, I might encourage you to look at this. How do I find acceptance that this relationship has ended and my work here is done? This email, the email that you got back from your client really can be more than enough closure. They got what they needed and really that's it. And sometimes it gets pretty hard. I'm going to say this. It's not so easy. And if if you're listening and you aren't a therapist, you might be like, no, like that's your job. Just it should be cut and dry. But it can be pretty hard to remember sometimes that therapy is not about us. And when we become a therapist, we're literally saying, except we might not be actually saying it. So it's not literally, but we're saying, hey, I am accepting the job that my feelings are second when it comes to work. Like that's part of our job. Like we have to check them at the door and we have to really ask ourselves often, 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 am I saying this because of me? Am I saying this for the client? Am I wanting closure for me? Am I wanting closure for the client? Is my closure important to the client's healing process? Now, what I have to remind myself is that it's not my client's responsibility to help me feel better about anything, especially the work that we do, whether we're doing a good job or a bad job. And it's never our client's job to take care of us. And when we start to feel that way, that's a really good indicator that maybe I need some supervision with this client in in this case and what's going on with me. Maybe I need to do some person of the therapist work because if not, things can get a little sticky and boundaries can get crossed and we might be doing harm when we're trying to do good. And that's part of our ethical for a licensed professional counselor. One of our ethical guidelines is do no harm and do good. So, I just want to add in that acknowledging all of this is really, really a good thing, right? Acknowledging when, Hey, I'm like dipping my toe in the waters that I'm not supposed to be dipping my toe in. And everybody does that. It's really hard to have such, I mean, there's no such thing as perfect, strict emotional boundaries when it comes to the client therapist relationship, because it is a relationship and emotions are involved in relationships and things can get a little bit strange. So ask for feedback, ask for supervision. And like I said in the episode from last week, talk to other therapists that also are willing to admit that they struggle with this stuff at times. So, Again, going back to the original question, closure can look a lot of different ways with no termination session. There are clients that we do that with, but there are also probably more often than not, you don't get to have that. You don't get to have this really specific, let's talk about all the things we learned and you say thank you and I say you're welcome and then we do this song and dance thing. Like We don't always really get that and it's not always really necessary. And again, it's hard Because when we see clients, we develop a relationship with them and we are humans. And so we have to watch when that relationship bubbles over the edge. And what's really important to also acknowledge is I can be sad that a client's done with therapy and really excited at the same time. I can be sad for myself and then go process those emotions on my own and be really excited for that therapist and not put my desires for them on them. Because if they're done with therapy, that means they reached their goals. They did the work they came here to do, and they are about to go live the life that they want to live. Which is another thing that I'm sidetracking over here, but it's really hard to remember as a therapist that we have to stay on track with the goals of the client, where we might see, oh, your life would be better if you did XYZ, or your life would be better if you wanted XYZ. We have to realize that we are not living their lives and we're not looking through their lens. So we might have an idea of some things that could be helpful, but when it comes down to their desires, their wants, their needs, they are in charge of identifying those and we're helping them work on their goals, not helping them get to a place where they want the goals that we want for them. Hey guys, Kat here and I have something What is the best way to respond to an email like this when a client wishes to discontinue therapy for the time being? Like many things when it comes to therapy, it depends. It depends often on a client and where they are with their process, but if a client has reached their goals and they want to end therapy, I would probably respond something along the lines of, that's amazing, it's pretty cool to see a client reach their goals and I'm happy you got there and I'm really excited for you. I want you to know that my door is open and if something pops back up, you are more than welcome to reach back out. And if I have space, I will welcome you back into my schedule with open arms. I make sure to let clients know like sometimes therapy is weekly and sometimes you move into a space where you're going every other week and sometimes it's maintenance and you're going once a month or maybe it's just when something comes, I go back to therapy and I see a therapist for six sessions or three sessions and I, I move on. And so I might say something along the lines in that email – as well reminding like remember if there's ever anything you need to come in for even if it's just one session if I have space in my my schedule for that to happen please do not hesitate to reach out and make that a thing because I do think that sometimes clients think that like if I'm not going every week I'm not going to be able to go back no I have clients that I haven't seen in years that come in and like hey I just need to process this for three sessions and then I'm out of here And I think that's really cool because you've given them the tools to go out and like live their life. And sometimes new stuff pops up and we need a little check in, you know, just like, I mean, we go to, we don't go to the doctor every week. Some people do, but when we're in the maintenance phase of our health, we don't go every week. We go get a physical once a year. I really think we should be doing that with our mental health, but you know, I don't make the rules. Let's say a client just had a really hard session. Like let's another example of this. And I get the feeling that they might be running away from something. I may say something different than I said earlier in that first example. Like, hey, I know last week was really tough, and I totally get wanting to take a break from it all. I think it would be really helpful to at least talk through your decision before we end your therapy. If you're up for that, let me know. We will make sure to get you scheduled if that's not something you're interested in right now, I will respect your decision and just know that the door is always open for you in the future if you change your mind. I think it's really important as a therapist to respect your client's boundaries that our clients put in place, right? Because one of the things we do is teach them about boundaries and how they're important and um, continue to empower them to know what's right for them versus Putting in the assumption that we know better and that they should rely on what we know. And it goes back to me saying, like, we have to be really clear on what are the client's goals versus what are the goals that I want the client to have. And I have to respect that those are the client's goals. Now, This also depends on the acuity of the population that you're working with or the specific client that you have. It might be different based on the protocols that your place of work has. Um, If you're in private practice by yourself, you can make your own rules, but that's not always the case. Also, different um, rules and regulations based on the state you're in with contact and how to terminate sessions. However, I do want to say when it comes to the differences in acuity of clients, if you ever are afraid that a client is going to hurt themselves or they're not going to be safe, we have to err on that side of caution and make that known. And also, you got to document all of this stuff, which hopefully you've been taught that in school, that documentation is your best friend to make sure that what you're doing is taking care of the client and you have a good record of that. Very important. You don't want to learn that the hard way. And then the third question was, is there a way for early therapists to communicate that therapy is not only used to process negative thoughts and events, but also maintenance and to process positive thoughts and events? What I do is in the first session with any client, I have a whole spiel, right? So you talk about the limits of confidentiality. You talk about your cancellation policy. You, I mean, all of the things that you just want to let the client know. I, I give a talk about how therapy often gets worse before it gets better. And if you ever feel like it's getting worse and you want to hit the road, I'd love to have a conversation about that. Because the last thing we want is for us to rip a Band-Aid out, off and for you to run away and have an open wound. And... Sometimes just we need to take things slower and we need to talk about that versus end them all together. So in this conversation is a really good place to say like, Hey, my goal is to help you work on the goals that you come to me with. And when we work on those goals, I want to acknowledge that. And I want you to acknowledge that because that's a big deal. And You might develop new goals, or you might want to take a break from setting goals, or you might just want to find a way to build upon and solidify and maintain the goals that you've reached. When that happens, the way that we do therapy might change. And I mean that in the way how often we meet. And so I want you to know that just because you're not coming in here with a crisis, it doesn't mean that you no longer should want or even need to come back into therapy. And therapy can look a lot of different ways based on where you are in your life. An easy way to say that is, hey, you might need to come here every single week for a year. And then if you want to slow that down, you're more than welcome to. And if you want to take a break, you're more than welcome to. And once you take that break and you want to come back, you're more than welcome to. I want you to know that you have a lot of autonomy and how often you're coming to therapy. And we get to talk about how you'll know When you need to maybe take a step down in how often we're working together. So you get to create a little spiel for yourself that allows the client to know, Hey, this is going to look different three years from now. If you're still seeing me six months from now, it doesn't always have to look the same way because we're working on goals that hopefully you'll reach. So play around with some different ways to say that. You can practice them on therapist friends. You can practice that on therapists. You can practice that with clients and see how it lands and then allow clients to come with you and check in. I used to never bring up changing the pace of therapy with clients. I was It was a rule that I had that like, I want clients to ask for what they need. So I'm not going to say, like, hey, let's check in about this. However, I sometimes think that With certain clients, they need more of a push, especially because we know some of their stuff. If they're people pleasing, if they have a hard time with change, all of that, we might approach it and say, Hey, I know. That you have a hard time with change. And we've talked about that. And I think that this is a really good way for us to apply that in a here and now situation. And it looks like you've reached some of these goals. And when you come in to talk, you're kind of talking about just some really simple things that you know. And I know that you have the ability to process and work through on your own. And so I wanna make sure that you are in a place where you are still wanting to come do that and you're getting something out of that versus you might be afraid to change the pace of how therapy is going. And then that turns into a whole therapy session. It's really cool the things that therapists can make therapy that we don't really think are therapy. There's tons of things like when things happen in the here and now in the relationship between the therapist and the client, those can be whole sessions. We can work on those experience for a whole session, maybe an interaction that we've had or a miscommunication that we have had, or just something that happens within this dynamic. Those things are allowed to be brought into the room and used as therapy. So this is a way to do some really good therapy about things that are happening right now in the room versus out there. Because what I like to say is the therapy room is really good practice for how you wanna go outside into the real world and live your life, and a really safe place to practice that. So I hope that was helpful, round two, and I love these questions. If there are any therapists out there, or any clients who have experienced this, and are like, oh, my therapist handled it this way, or this happened, I'm a therapist, this is how I do that, send me an email, katherine, at Podcast, and we can share those thoughts, because like I said in the beginning, there's not one way to do all this. There's a way that works for me and my style. And I'm open to learning more and shifting. And like I just said, I used to do things one way and I've learned that I need to be more flexible in that. So I'm open to hearing what you guys do. So again, I hope that was helpful and it continues to be helpful. Thank you for your question. Thank you for clarifying your question. And I hope you guys are having the day you need to have. You can follow me on Instagram at cat.defada and at unitherapypodcast. And again, email me all of your questions, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. I will be back with you guys on Monday.
3: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. And here's the best part you can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at TrinitySchool.org. That's TrinitySchool.org.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.